Welcome to Bleed TV, the podcast for the best shows on TV, and I'm Jake. And I'm Cash. All right, guys, new show. We're covering Vikings for the first time. I couldn't be more excited. Yeah, I um, I kind of got onto this show late. I binge-watched the I've best. Been, I binge-watched the first two seasons, and then I watched last season all in real time. Yeah, see, I, I actually binge-watched every season up to this point. I literally got caught up three days in the time. Oh, well, there we go. So, uh, super pumped. Absolutely love this show. We've had several requests from our listeners to cover this show. And, uh, man, I couldn't be more happy. Um, History Channel is really giving us something that no one else is doing. They've got a wide shot of land that we're not getting from anywhere else. And then I feel like they can do a little bit more with their violence and not necessarily nudity, but where they go with the body because they have those odd shows. Yeah, I think in the attempt to make this as accurate as possible to those times, they're given a little bit of leeway Yeah, with certain things, you know, I mean, which I love. So tonight we're covering Vikings episode 401, a good treason. And I think you have the director's name. Kieran Donnelly. Okay. Like I said, I don't have much necessarily used for the director yet. Cause like I said, I binge watched all the way up to this point, but yeah. And then uh, Michael Hurst is still writing and the creator of the show, doing everything all by himself. Excellent. All right, well, let's just jump right into it. We opened up this episode with a cold open that kind of surprised me because it seemed a little strange. It was a little strange, but I think it caught everybody up because Vikings has been off the air for a while, you know, brand new season. And then I love how they use silence all throughout the show because they have a lot of cold pauses with it. Right. But did, all right. So, do you think these were the gates to Valhalla? Had to be the gates because it showed a lot of unanswered riddles that Ragnar had. Right. But, you know, it's like, I'm assuming it wasn't the pearly gates. You know, I mean, these are the golden gates to Valhalla. It's a lot better. Okay. Right. And it did look like a merriment hall. It looked the like gates. there was people sitting around drinking, having a yeah. good time, like it's described all throughout the show. Right, right. So okay, so we're on the same page, and I thought it. I thought it was Valhalla. As yeah, well. I don't think it could have been anything else. Right. It's su- surprising to me, though, that he looked to be so like worried? excited to oh. get in. You know what I mean? And worried that the doors were shutting yes. on him because he's so conflicted with his. Well, I think he's excited because he has a lot of dead warriors that he's and brothers that he's been to battle with and he wants to see again and he's worried that he's not going to see them even though he's come to terms with he wants to spend the rest of his afterlife with Athelstan. Right. And I really do miss Athelstan. That's a huge loss from last season. He had to be my favorite character. I loved how his look changed, how he oh, yeah. was the most conflicted character outside of possibly Floki, who is the reason we no longer have Athelstan. Right, and I think I liked Athelstan so much because he was the one that told the truth every time. I think it's the reason he stayed alive that long, because he never lied to Ragnar. Yeah, he was a 100% person that he could trust, and there's even Floki, who loves him more than anyone else in the show, he could never trust him because he didn't, because Floki is so conflicted with the gods. Right, and you kind of, in this... With Helga, Floki's yeah. wife and stuff, and with Ragnar, we're starting to see that Floki is selfish. 
Oh, he's very, very selfish. Right, but he is unaware of his selfishness. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, he has serious love for Ragnar, but he doesn't understand that he's hurting him by acting the way he does. Yeah, he doesn't see how he hurts other people. He just sees, he doesn't understand why people aren't showing the same love to him that he perceives that he's giving to them. Right. It's kind of like a like a cult leader or something. You know what I mean? It's like, I speak for the gods. I feel yeah. it's kind of like an inventor's pers- like mind because they're just so caught up in the things that they bring to the table and they're not seeing what everyone else is doing. Right. Well, staying on the same you know, storyline basically with Floki, he gets arrested this episode by Did Bjorn. Did not see that coming. No, I, first I off, like I wasn't it. sure Bjorn had the power. I, I think he's just kind of Bjorn had Bjorn, Bjorn had a lot of problems. Yes, look forward to our terrible <laughs> translations. They're going to happen, but he had a problem with he wanted to show Ragnar that he could be a powerful person and he could lead in his absence, but it, nothing that he ended up doing stuck with what Ragnar wanted in the long haul. I think Bjorn is his mother's son. You know what mm. I mean? He's very powerful, very strong, great warrior, always down, but yeah. he doesn't have the cunning of his father because he didn't grow up with his father. No. You know, he grew old with his mom. She did take him away and there's for about what 11 years or somewhere around there. Well, the time is a little strange yeah. in there because Bjorn's huge. Now. Massive. Right. So, but either way, Bjorn makes a power move. Yes. Arrests Floki. Um, Floki's locked in chains in this, like the city square, basically. Um, and then we get Ragnar waking up, basically from his, I don't think he was necessarily in a coma, but he hadn't gotten out of bed. I mean, I would say for what in that terms it was, is essentially a coma. Because yeah. He's they didn't know better. Bedridden. Yes. You know what I mean? Um, and he kind of wakes up to a not so decent, you know, happy time to his wife. You know what I mean? She, well, I mean, we can go back to the beginning with her where she was talking to the seer and everything and wondering if she True. was going to become the ruler of Kattegat. Or was it just Kattegat or was it? Yeah, because she asked, yeah, will a woman rule in Kattegat? Yes. But I don't know if she means just Kattegat or whatever the he king's ends up there. Thinking. Yeah. Does that mean she's as queen she would rule all? I think she's just mainly worried about Kattegat. I mean, that's what's essentially become her home, but she possibly could want to expand or anything. She's become a lot more power hungry. So why why do you think that she's had this turn on her husband? I know he's been distant and not necessarily all about her or his children. Of, of recent but well i think it goes back to they're not having sex you know he i don't think he necessarily has a wandering eye for other women except for possibly lagatha right but i think she's not getting fulfilled in that need which we saw when the god came back in the last season or the wanderer the oh the wanderer and uh i think she sees power as her only way of securing her children's lifelines throughout their future and securing her life because i don't think she's long for the show yeah maybe she doesn't feel very safe in her position because she sees all the love that everyone has for lagatha 
and yeah. they don't necessarily have that for her. And Ragnar has a lot of love for his family, and he doesn't give her a lot of love. Right, right. And he has obviously the most, you know, what seems like admiration for Bjorn. Yes. Not his new children, but for Bjorn. And as you're saying, the town, because you said you didn't think that Bjorn necessarily had that power, but the town and the people love Bjorn and Lagatha. Right. It's like the prodigal son has returned. Yes. You know? And he very much looks like the prodigal son. Oh, absolutely. And and to be honest with you, on the battlefield, is quite a badass and can he's, carry his weight. He's probably already the fourth or fifth best warrior that they have. Oh, definitely. Especially and, now that uh, Rollo's gone. Yeah, and they've put him kind of in the forefront Mm-hmm. has that as well so so ragnar first things first with bjorn he's pissed off because he had him arrested yes because he doesn't understand that now ragnar is forced to make a public decision on it's, one of his best friends right instead of making it a private decision where maybe he could have worked his way around it kind of like he did with his brother yeah you know his brother betrayed them he forgave mm-hmm. him you it know, wasn't in the public's eye, and he was able right. to work some things around, kind of not make demote him in a sense, and make him earn back his way into the village. Right, earned his trust back. Yes, and it's like Ragnar is the only one that knows how to handle Rollo, and he's the only one that knows how to handle Floki, because right. he's the only one with the cunning enough to control their situations in a positive way and understand what they're trying to succeed in right and no one else knows what they're even aiming for yeah i could kind of see that everybody else is kind of like hits with a a hammer Mm -hmm. you know while he you know kind of smoothly transitions into into decisions you know and that's probably part of just their nature i mean i've never gone through history and heard that vikings were outsmarting their enemies on the battlefield or anything yeah i i think the main thing and they focus a lot on it was their shipwright Abilities. ships and shields right so the way they fight and the way they sailed was their major thing mm-hmm. and it looks like basically that's the way it is i mean we had a lot of just badass warriors but not necessarily the smartest people but Ra- that's how ragnar kind of sets himself apart, apart because you always see him even at like parties and stuff like that he's not usually in the forefront he's always hiding behind like a net or higher up and, and just looking watching. down upon everybody. And that's how he ended up becoming Ragnar or Earl is because he outcunned the original one. And then right. he ended up beating him in a solo combat because he is the best warrior that they have. Right. But even, you know, when the king, the original king, yes, you know, tried to betray him and tried to get all the people that were on Ragnar's side against him. And, you know, he just... He just always was behind that net watching mm-hmm. who was the king talking to. He's like, okay, well, he's trying to get him. He can't yeah. get him, you know. So it's it was really neat to see that Ragnar sets himself apart from the rest because he has the brains. He's a completely different character than we have on the show, and Bjorn has not yet gotten that aspect from him. But I look forward to seeing what Bjorn's doing because we know what the seer said to Bjorn. Or it said to Ragnar about Bjorn, yeah, that he would he his star would shine brighter than even Ragnar. So, do you think that the show's going to follow Bjorn on his awakening path? I guess is what something we can call it. Oh, absolutely. I think I think they have basically laid the groundwork for Ragnar, 
Bjorn, Lagatha, and Rollo to be the main storyline. So, but I mean, that's four different areas that we're going to be seeing now, right? But think how many times we go to Wessex, to Paris, to I can never remember the name of where Lagatha's the Earl with Kalf. I I couldn't tell you. Oh my god, I can't remember it ever. No. So we already have all these other areas we're cutting to. As long as one of those main characters is there, they're going to keep going to it. And really, with Wessex, with King Eckbert and stuff, nobody's there. No, but that king was such a eccentric character, and he brought so much to the table. His oh, yeah. cunningness was through the roof. He's Ragnar's match. I, I think he may be as better with oh, the things that he was doing. Very possibly. Very possibly. But anyway, yes, Bjorn, for, I think definitely. And you see yeah. in this episode, he wants to go, just like he did with his, I guess, stepdad last season where he was telling him, I want to go to the wilderness and just see if I can survive. Yeah. Same thing he tells his dad. And I thought know. that was an interesting conversation that they had going back and forth and Ragnar kind of negging him, you know, kind of making fun. Like, I don't think you'll make it, but it felt like that was his approval of saying, yes, I think that you need to go on this. I think, I think Ragnar, just like with everybody else, he knows what button, buttons to push, push to get the best out of someone. So he knows he has to ride Bjorn yeah. to get the best out of him. Because you see at the end, when Bjorn's about to leave, he he's worried. Yeah, and he, he cares. He shows his love, and he's just like, prove me wrong. Right. And he wants him to succeed and come back. Right. And then when Oslog has a comment about him maybe not making it. That was a weird comment. You know, Ragnar loses yeah. almost to tears. It's like, why would you say that? Because, I mean, that's how much love he has for his family and everything. And it's weird that he just doesn't move one person over to Aslog. Right. And it's just constantly driving that wedge between them two. So she might even be the biggest treason at some point, you know, coming up. Yes, I know it's technically going to be treason and everything, but I just really don't feel it. I don't feel like she's fitting in the dynamic of the show anymore. And I feel like she's kind of served her, her purpose. You think the same? Yeah, I could see that. I mean, I liked Siggy when she was yes, around. But she was crazy. She she was a firecracker every time she was on the show. Right. But I always felt like she had a good pivotal role, you know, as a go-between between so many characters. And then I really felt kind of bad the way she left the show. I thought it was kind of, you know, I don't know, anticlimactic for such a good character. For her just to go, you know, drown in a pond. I know she saved a couple of kids, but <laughs> I just, you know, she just kind of. I got thought it was very good redemption for her because everything she did was for to get back into that power seat that she was with the original king, and to end up kind of sacrificing herself for the person who stole her crown. I thought that that was a really good redemption story for her to leave on. I think it was redemptive. I just, I think she could have gone out with a little bigger bang. You know, I, I miss her. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely miss her, but uh, I'm just going to have to slightly disagree with it being on a bigger bang for her. Right. I, I thought it was a very good ending for her. Okay, so who... We got to get into Rollo. All right, yeah. so we start off basically with the wedding day. Yes. For Rollo. And he... He seems love, like <laughs> a very changed character to me. He looks very clean. They got him in really nice... It's not like 
dress robes or anything like that, but he's in like nice furs. He's not a savage. Yeah. You right. But and the how much bigger he is than everybody. He's enormous in comparison to yes. the Frenchies. And when he steps up and, you know, kneels down on the, the, <laughs> the entire little podium just I mean, looks it, like it almost shatters. Yes. Yeah. And and props to the French princess who God, what's her name? Uh Gisla. Is it Gisla or Gisla? Gisla, I think. Butchering. Yeah, absolutely. Uh dude, she can pull off miserable like nobody's business. Like it was her job. And yeah. she did it the spitting. And how how about everybody around her, you know, holding their composure? Yeah. Because that's something I wouldn't have been able to do. Nice little loogie to the face. Absolutely. <laughs> and then, you know, she finally walks up, kneels down, but she refuses to bow her head. Yeah. And then dad comes over and just kind of little head shove. push. <laughs> oh, this is happening. Don't worry. Yeah. Yeah. I don't care how hard you make this. Yeah. This is going down. Um, a lot of good comic relief in this. How awkward... Rolo is in the situation, and then how just pitiful Pitiful. she is. And then, do you have a problem with like the language? Does he understand a little bit of French? Because I like it seems like they have a little dialogue when they're together, but when he's away, it's like I I don't know French. Honestly, I don't think so. I don't think he has much French at all. Because but I mean, like you know what I'm talking about? Like we're in the bedrooms, like the quid pro quo. They were going back and forth. Right, but I think he There's, was just barking at her, and she was barking at him, and okay. then because I don't think she clearly understood because you know he laid down. <laughs> it was like good night, and she's like poking him and running the knife on him and stuff like oh, that. Oh, that that scene was just pure comic gold. Right, she pulls the knife out, and he just laughs at how timid it is. <laughs> I it, struggle the most with with Rello because I want to love this character so much. He's he's perfect for this role he's enormous he looks like a beast he fits like if I, if we were to create a viking right now it would be him absolutely absolutely even more than ragnar yes he looks like a especially with the shaved viking. head ragnar yeah so when he orders all the people out of the room terrifying right but i thought that was such a good moment for him you know like he was protecting her yeah kind of standing up for her I think he had already made his decision at that point, like, this ain't going to happen tonight, but I'm not going to let this stand. This is my wife now, you know? I don't know. I felt like it was more of just, you know, a little performance anxiety. You know, I just don't think he wanted 18 people crowd around him as he was about to get the get down going. I don't know. I don't think that's a problem for them, man. You see them just banging in the middle of parties all the time. (laughs) I think this was just something different. I think he didn't want... You know, her to be humiliated. Okay. You know, and and him in the process. You know, like I said, I really want him to be redeemed constantly. But let me ask you this, though. And this is true in Game of Thrones and a lot of medieval type stuff you see. A wedding is not, or a marriage is not complete Until until the bedding. Like until they have yeah. actually had sex, consummated, it's, right? It is not binding yet. So obviously, they have not slept no. together yet, and they made that perfectly clear. I'm wondering if they're leaving that little leeway in there for later on. I don't think so because 
it's definitely going to happen at some point. I think within you the think? next two episodes, yeah. I, I you think she just him. comes around and thinks, okay, I, maybe this is good? I think she's just going to accept it. I mean, now, he is a big, handsome bastard. Yeah, I mean, he's not a bad-looking guy by any yeah. means. She could do a lot worse with one of the Frenchies <laughs> sitting there. Oh, my God. And, I mean, maybe it's because he ends up protecting her later down in the series or she's just in bed next to him and sees how much bigger he is and she's just... I think to get into her pants, he has to protect France because that's what she has the biggest heart on for. You know what I mean? <laughs> she, She's like, I would die for France. Yeah. For Paris. I'm sorry. For Paris. If he protects Paris, I think she's game. You you think that chassis belt's coming down in a hurry? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I think that she, she does away with a knife. <laughs> Clink. <laughs> I, could, I could see that because that's where, that's where she's so um hard up about she's just she loves her city and she wouldn't let her father leave it while it was being attacked or anything so that would be a big thing and especially if it ends up being against his brother and i think she's so pissed at her dad now you know that makes rollo next in line Ooh, i did not think about that you know if they're full-on married she's his only offspring yeah He's basically the next king of, of France Paris. or Paris, that section of France. I don't know how that emperor thing works. But I don't know the timing of where this is taking well, place. Well, you know, he has two brothers with other kingdoms that won't help him. So I'm assuming they he's the king of a certain area. Yeah. Um, kind of like you see in the England side, too. So that could be a huge development. That That is a big thing in play that I haven't really had time to think about. But King or Emperor Rollo will be a very dangerous thing as Absolutely. we see what he does with an army. It's, oh, definitely. He lost all of his redemption in a matter of minutes, which I thought was very foreseeable. Like, a lot of the things that happened in this episode, I felt like I guessed when they initially placed it. Did you yeah. think of it being predictable? Not necessarily. I did think that when he rode down to the camp. All right, so one of the warriors that stayed behind with Rolo came com- up. comes to see him and say, hey, 50% of your warriors are pissed because you've married a yeah. princess. You know, we don't want to fight Ragnar. We love being... Right. You've basically turned your become back on Christian. Us. You're mm-hmm. not Well, because he was baptized a long time ago. Right, and I think they let that slide a little bit, but now that he had a Christian wedding... Mm-hmm. I think they just can't, you know, some of them just can't pass it up anymore. Do you think it was just some of them? I think it was the whole camp that was against them. Well, the guy said it was, it's like half. It's like 50% of the force is against you now yeah. and does not wish to fight Ragnar. So when he came down, I thought there was going to be some way of separating the two and he was going to kill all the ones that didn't agree with him. Okay. Which could have immediately turned the other ones against him too, but that's how I thought it was going to go down. I did not think he was going to ride down and just ambush the whole tribe. Completely cold. Yeah. I mean, women, children, their wives and stuff. I mean, just everybody dead. But yet again, like the beauty of silence was when he first rolled down and he gets them to open the gate. And then it's just him and the guy who came up to see him. Eric, I think it was his name. or Herrick or Eric yeah, or something, something like, like that. that. And uh, they just kind of 
went back and forth between them for a solid 15 seconds or so, and you're just like, this is not going to end well. Yeah, because Rollo just kind of cocks his head to the side. And, and then, then I think like a horse like picked up his hoof or something, and then the entire army of archers comes down. Yeah, just crossbow bolts shooting everywhere. Over and over. And then you kind of think there's going to be a little bit of a battle because they form a shield wall. And it's like, here we go. And then they just And cut then more them down. archers come in front of Rollo <laughs> yeah. and just mow them down. Like yeah. I just felt like a Gatling gun of arrows just coming down on them. And this show does a really good job of showing the pass by arrow. Yes. You know, they do a really good CG with that. So the yeah, blood they just mow them down. On point and, and then they leave the last guy, you know, the warrior that came and spoke to him, the Eric or Herrick or whatever his name was. And, you know, he was telling them. We welcome death. You know, yeah, this you'll is, be revenged. Ragnar will come for you. You know, and then about another three arrows through the chest. Yeah, and, and then he gets left. it more brutal. I just, man, I love Rolo as a character, and I just want him to be a Viking and be on that side. But he is opportunistic, man. I don't know if he's necessarily. I think he's very uh, moldable. Like, whoever he feels is in charge, he just kind of lets them mold him into whatever they need him to be. Because it hasn't really felt like he was opportunistic. It was just somebody saw him as the opportunity as a way to advance themselves. Yeah, but I wonder when you go to the seer, right? And the seer tells him, you would dance naked on the beach if you knew what the gods have in store for you. The bear will marry the princess. You know? Mm-hmm. That's something you hear, you know, when when the seer says that. And so he it's almost like he made his own fortune. You know what I'm saying? Like he heard that, so he was like, I'll stay behind. Yeah. And then fortuitously, he gets a wedding proposal from the Emperor. Interesting. Yet again, like I'm not I just see that as the king trying to protect himself from the Vikings. and But Rolo still had to volunteer to stay. You know, it's like, because remember, Floki says he'll stay. Yeah. And they're like, no, you have no reason to stay. And then he never gives the reason for him to stay. I mean, but he also had to be opportunistic enough for Ragnar to be able to, for him to not be around to be able to say, no, you're not staying behind. And so the king saw that as, well, the person that I want, there's nothing preventing me from staying behind. Because he saw how good of a warrior he was right. and his battle instincts were. He said they basically left their best warrior here. Yes. You know, I, I agree. I just. We just I, see it as like you, because you're so stronghold on Rollo, him being the great character. And I'm just seeing him as the moldable pet. Right. I just feel like. He's been second fiddle to Ragnar his whole life, that he wouldn't want to be second fiddle to anyone else. I feel like he almost has accepted the fact that he's second fiddle to Ragnar, mm-hmm. but he wouldn't accept it from anybody else. But and he's like, going to be second fiddle to the original king who tried to overthrow Ragnar. True. Like twice he's played second fiddle to those kings. Right. Yeah, and Jarborg and all them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I, I have this feeling like he. It's like when you receive a prophecy, you almost force it to be true because you know follow those true. paths mm-hmm. to make it come true. You know, 
It's like uh, Prophet says, you're going to be a doctor one day. I want to go to medical school and make sure I become a doctor. Right. You know, because it's like, oh, that's what I'm supposed to be doing, you know? Yeah. I just feel like you can kind of make your destiny that way. Hey, once you hear your destiny, then it's that's what's going to end up becoming my destiny. And, oh, right. the prophecy was true. Right. It's damn near hard to avoid it at that point. Yeah. Yeah. So that ended the episode, but there was a couple other little things I wanted to talk about. Bjorn sees his daughter for the first time. It was not a happy scene. Could care less and walks off and Oslog's pissed. She was pissed when she, before that even happened, she was like, and don't worry, we'll raise your daughter. It was like, she wasn't even happy about the prospect of his daughter. And yeah. so. Well, she was pissed because mama already left. Bjorn comes in. He doesn't seem to really give a shit. And she's like, and me is like, don't worry, we'll take care of her. Yeah. There, there's she, a lot of sass being thrown around. Right. She's very motherly. I think she really wants to get rid of Ragnar's whole family because they're not the parenting type. No, there's not a whole lot of parity going on between Ragnar and his right. son. Right. I, I feel like Oslog is like a queen know, mother. Like queen mother, and they're just warriors. They're dummies, you know, and she can't get them to take care of their responsibilities, <laughs> you know? It's like, hey, they kind of need to be fed and played with. Like, they're not, yeah. like you just come in and, oh, hey, son. Because, like, when Ragnar first woke up, you want to be king someday? Yeah. Go get me some uh, ale. Yeah, fetch you some ale. Then. <laughs> I just—they're like playthings, not—they're mm-hmm. toys. They, not, they see their children as toys and very con- inconvenient toys at the time. Right. I don't think they really care until they're old enough to pick up a sword and learn how to fight. Which is weird because the women are so strong. Yeah, the, shield maidens. And, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I—I'm I, worried about that whole Oslog situation. And the entire Lothbrook family. Because (laughs) she has no love loss for any of them at this point. If another invasion comes through, it will be interesting to see where Aslog goes. Yeah, what side she takes. Because that will be the real treason right there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, What else? Ragnar speaks to Floki, finally. Yes. While he's chained up. Draws a circle around him, which was a cool scene. Nice overhead shot. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and tries to get him to admit to you know, the jealousy and everything that he had for Athelstan right. and kind of give him an out almost. Yeah. I feel like he's trying to make this easier for Floki and Floki's just not having it. Right. He's too damn hard headed, <laughs> you know, even begged Helga to free him so he could run. Very selfish. Right. And, you know, and even Helga, his wife was like, "No, you no. have to face the music. You put yourself here. You just you still don't understand how selfish you are." No, and because and even uh, he made those runes or something for he Ragnar. carved runes into these antlers and put them on to get healthy. And then as soon as he wakes up, he's like, "Oh, it was so stupid of me to do this. I don't understand how I could have been this dumb. He's going to have me killed." It's just like selfish. I, I like that because it's just still showing how much. Love. Love Floki has for him. And he's just so conflicted. He's like, I love Ragnar, I love the gods. You know? And that's almost equal. Right. But Ragnar keeps irritating me with this Athelstan Christianity stuff. So I can't disrespect the gods. You know what I mean? So he's just a battle, man. Just such a battle. It's a huge internal battle for him. And it's put him in the 
probably the worst position anyone is on the show right now. I think so. But I got to be honest, it's another character I really love. He was, from like the first till last season, he was my favorite character on the show. Just because the way his mind worked, how he invented the boat, the uh, shields to get them up, very Lord of the Ringish to get them on yeah, to yeah, the uh, yeah. towers. Yeah, I just, I don't want to see him die or be so shunned that we barely ever see him because I love his eccentric weirdness you know? there's there's no one else on the show who can do what he's doing right now yeah he is such a like a what am i thinking of like a physical actor you know he's all these yeah, like his weird body is like doing his emotions and everything he's speaking yeah. i mean i never understand what he's saying yeah he's and damn near always has <laughs> tears in his eyes you know he's, he's just tripping like tripping over himself and yeah. he's just like you said using his physicality to get across his points and it's great and he eats mushrooms all day <laughs> every day no wonder he thinks he can speak to the gods. I mean, it just makes perfect sense. <laughs> He's just hallucinating with them all, all yeah, the time. Yeah, nonstop. Like, yeah, I was with Thor last night. We, we had a cup <laughs> of ale. It was great. Yeah, it was a bash. It was great. Um, but he's also a lot of fun on the battlefield. You know, like he's never really fighting anybody because he's always getting his ass kicked. But he's got the dual axes, you know, just kind of playing with them. Like, who, who am I going to spider monkey here next? Yeah, I like him because he's like this. He almost looks kind of frail. Mm-hmm. You know, but when he's in the battle, he like strips down to <laughs> like tighter, smaller clothes and he looks a little more formidable, but damn, he's slick. Yes. He just takes people out and gets beat. Doesn't badly. carry a shield. No. Just double axes. Double axes. He's a brave man. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's, it's a bold move, Cotton. Yes. Very, very. And uh, uh, it, it's worked out so far. Absolutely. And that's, I mean, that's basically the, the episode. Well, there's also the big uh, Lagatha moment with uh, oh, Earl Cow. Oh, crap. So, like you said. The I was trying 50- to save it for last, yeah. so I forgot about it. But, I mean, that was the interesting way for the 50% to get it showed out. Right. So, that's why, I, maybe that's where I was thinking when the Rollo situation happened is because this is basically how Cough makes it happen. Yeah. He does a very good political play right so when they get back to town he announces to everyone that they're going to share the earldom they're going to be equals even though they're not married which correct somehow didn't i don't know if it didn't go over well because he was trying to share it with a woman or if it was just because they didn't like lagatha there i think all those people backed Kalf because Kalf said he was going to kill all the lothbrooks okay including lagatha so when he came back and said that, because remember he's aligned with the ex king Einar, or uh, uh, his son, yes, the son. you know who came and joined him because they're going to kill Ragnar and his family. So now when Kalf comes back and he has the Einar guy who put him in power, and the king's son who's backing him, and he announces that he's going to share the earl with a Lothbrook. But she's not really a Lothbrook at this time. I know she's got the last name and Boris children and everything, but she's really so gro- outgrown Ragnar. But they know how fiercely loyal she is to him. And rightfully so. Right. So he, she might as well be. Okay. Because they're, they're too close. So we get with the vote, which is a really cool scene. It was something I... Like as it was happening, like I had a pit in my stomach. Like 
there's no way he's going to betray Lagatha because a he loves Lagatha. You know, I mean, he's told her that a few times and even said, you know, I don't want to sleep with you because people will think that I slept my way to power for you or something. But even last season, she said, we can go through with this. We can sleep together. We can do this whole thing. But one day I will kill you. Yes. You know, and he's like, done. Deal. I'll take that deal a hundred times out of a hundred. Right. So we get a couple cool moments here. We get the king's, the ex-king's son. God, I wish I knew his name now. He brings back a crossbow from Paris. And was saying, I don't know, this could be very helpful in our near future. Right. I think that's a huge deal because it can obviously recreate that. But, I mean, also, they weren't really, the bolts weren't going through the shields or anything. Which Doesn't kinda, matter. We, we saw in Rollo's fight. Once you're running, you shoot enough of those things in there, you're going to get some gaps. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I thought the point of the crossbow was to, you know, be the more powerful bow and arrow. Well, I think at short range it is. Okay. Um, otherwise, I mean, yeah, the, the bow and arrow, you can shoot a, quite a distance. Yeah. But, but I mean, that was just my main problem with it. I was weird off tangent. Either way, it foreshadows the fact that they've made a shitload of them. Yes. And once they do the vote scene... Einar starts it, says, I don't think we should share this. So they say, cast it, mark it on the poll mark so on the we post. know that it actually happened, which was genius because they got all of them just separated. grouped together in the center away from the people that still believed in them. And then, of course, like you said, King's son hops mm-hmm. up, new crossbows everywhere, and they just mow him down. And w- w- what a great line. It was like, you have our decision. And he goes, and now you have mine. Yeah. And then rain of arrows. Yeah. It was brutal, man. Just brutal knockdowns. Excellent, <laughs> excellent special effects. Completely savage. Blood splattering everywhere. People trying to run. Running into each other. Using yeah. them as shields. Oh, man. It was brutal. But they had them completely surrounded. Yeah. It was nobody. It was like a fishing... In a barrel. Yeah. You know, it, just, it was like a hand grenade thrown into a barrel. It, yeah. it was over. It was nasty. But then, of course, Einar, the main guy, Whew. he gets bolted through the throat to the post. Okay? <laughs> nice, nice little nail in the coffin. Yeah. And he's holding on for a while before Miss Lagatha walks down there. And how about the walk up to him? The, some poor guy was still alive, just in her way. She just kicks him out yeah, of the Yeah, just kind of kicked aside. Yeah. Excuse me. Um, She walks up. Depantses him and then says, I should have done this a long time ago. Pure castration. Just straight castration. Not like a shink, like a single cut. No. You see her arm kind of saw back a couple times. <laughs> it was a dull spoon going up. And yeah. Brutal. Brutal <laughs> castration. Sprays herself all over the face Spray a little. Spray the face with dick blood. <laughs> she just smiles, licks it off her lips. It's- and then just watches them die. Yeah, because th- there's there's nothing else that you could do. Is yeah, yeah. As a man, you just hope your soul leaves out your gaping penis wound. <laughs> and just be done. <laughs> I lived a terrible. I, bad decisions were made. Yes. Um. Obviously, the highlight of the episode. I mean, this was fantastic. Um. This scene really is like what this show does so well. Yeah. The twists and the turns. The treasons, the backstabbings, the revenge is so well done on this show. Revenge is held for a long time through this oh, yeah. community. And they, they hold wait. grudges. 
big time and for a long time. I'd be afraid to tabletop somebody back in the old Viking era. Absolutely. So, not going into the preview too much, but how do you feel like the next episode's going to hit us? Um, I'm, I'm not sure yet. You know, I, I think we're going to get a big Bjorn episode. I think we're going to see him in the wilderness. Um, and I think we're going to get some more of the Oslog stuff with Ragnar. I think it's going to go lean towards Rollo and his wife and seeing how he can win her over because, as we were talking here, that's going to be a big focus on the show because they have to go back to Paris now. All right. They've left nothing more, and so she has to be willing to be with him to advance it. And they've kind of spread themselves thin a little bit because Wessex, the king, has killed their whole Viking camp. Well, the king's son killed the whole camp. But he seemed to be okay with it. I mean, that was his original plan. I mean, that, that's what led me to think that he was Ragnar's better. Yeah, but I have this weird feeling that he's not telling the truth about that. That he actually did want that to work. For some reason. If only to use the Vikings as a fighting force. You know what I mean? I, I don't I think know. the son messed up. Because he, he made sure Athelstan and uh, his son's wife slept together. And then he was pulling a lot of strings with the sun the entire time. Yeah, but there's a lot of different stuff out there. You know, you got the the princess that made herself queen mm-hmm. in Mercia, who's have his, who has the baby of Ragnar. Yeah, Ragnar's baby. All right. And then we got Athelstan's baby in Wessex. And then we got the Viking camp destroyed. We got Rollo marrying a queen in France <laughs> or a princess. And then he's killed his own camp. Ragnar has too many enemies. And, and not a lot Kalf, of Vikings. And then Kalf and the ex-king's son, that's another enemy, really. Yeah, and I mean, possibly Lagatha, because she feels disrespected because Ragnar didn't have her back before they raided Paris. True. Because they didn't want her to come with them. Yeah, and I was speaking to a friend of mine at work uh, yesterday, and I said, I think the best option for Ragnar is to send Lagatha at Rollo because he loves Lagatha. He always has, always will from what he says. But I think now that he sees his power, like you said, and I think with the new King pulling Rollo's strings, I think he could kill her and I don't really want to risk losing her as a character. And there's no one that she could bring with him or with her that would stand a chance against that army especially led by Rollo. Well, if Lagatha comes back with Calf and the King's son with crossbows, could be a help, at least. I, know. I, I think he takes a few of those crossbows. <laughs> it's very possible. <laughs> anyway, uh, that's going to wrap it up, man. I'm really looking forward to covering this season and this show. I really love it. It's in my top five favorite shows now. It's one of the best shows out there, and I love that it's on History Channel. It's doing something completely different. And the land that they're filming on is just beautiful. Oh, it's uh, stunning. It's dark. It's muddy. They're letting the sky just kind of roll through. Yeah, they don't seem like they shoot at, you know, that magic hour every time. No. It's just just gorgeous, man. Absolutely gorgeous. I totally agree. But that's going to do it for us, guys. Please send us some feedback and some comments so we can talk to you all and mention you all next, uh, next episode. But until then, we'll see you all. Next Monday, follow yep. the show Thursday. Uh, 
This is Bleed TV, and I'm Jake. And I'm Cash. Y'all take it easy.